L-L-O. The Jell-O program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston and Abe Lyman and his orchestra. This program comes to you from the Grand Ballroom of the Waldorf Astoria. The orchestra opens a program with plenty of money and you from the Gold Diggers of 1937. Some of our most pleasant hours are spent around the family dinner table. It's really grand to get together with mother, father, and all the rest to talk things over and enjoy good food. And those times are even more pleasant when dessert is a gleaming dish of delicious jello. Young and old, everybody enjoys jello's fresh fruit taste. It's appetizing, refreshing, really satisfying, too. No wonder jello is the most popular gelatin dessert in the entire world today. For only in genuine jello do you get jello's extra rich fruit flavor. So why not brighten up your family table by serving jello for dessert soon? It's easy to make, good to look at, and delightful to taste. Accept no substitutes. Ask your grocer for the one and only genuine jello. Money and You, played by Abe Lyman and his orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you the man who made the bee, public insect number one, Jack Benny. Hello again. This is Jack Benny talking. And believe me, folks, I'm sure glad to be back in New York for a couple of weeks. Well, Jack, if you like it so well here, why didn't you come sooner? I couldn't, Don. Not until I had vindicated myself and my violin teacher. Oh, that's... Now that I've played the bee, I can walk down Broadway with head high, unashamed. <laughs> oh, Jack, I thought you did a great job. Did you bring your violin with you? No, I sent it to Honolulu for a rest. <laughs> a rest? Yeah. If you'd been missing for days and then had the bee played on you, you'd want a rest, too. <laughs> Well, all I did was hear it, and I could stand the vacation. <laughs> One more crack like that, and you'll get it. <laughs> anyway, Don, let's not engage in any low banter tonight. After all, we're broadcasting from the Waldorf Astoria. Yes, indeed. This is a pretty high-class place, isn't it? Yes, sir. Quite swanky. Swanky? Mm -hmm. Well, I had a shave before they let me in the barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. You know, Don, I think their prices here are quite well balanced. I didn't pay a cent more for having my suit pressed than I did for my suit. <laughs> You're stopping here, aren't you, Don? Oh, yes, Jack. I have a lovely room on the 22nd floor. Well, when you go to your room tonight, be sure and use the middle elevator. The middle elevator? Why? Uh, that one has the best floor show. Oh. <laughs> I tell you, Don, the service here is deluxe. Come in. Mr. Benny? Yes. On behalf of the entire personnel of the Waldorf Astoria, may I extend a cordial greeting and invite you to avail yourself of every possible facility here. Well, thank you. Are you the uh, managing director? No, I'm vice president in charge of removing dishes. <laughs> oh, uh, a busboy. Uh, yes, in the vernacular. <laughs> uh, here's my card. 
Your card, thank you. Well, that's odd. A round card. It's also a butterfly. Goodbye. Oh. <laughs> Gentlemanly fellow, wasn't he? Yes, rather. Yes. <laughs> hello, Jack. Is this the place? Oh, hello, Mary. <laughs> well, Mary. Glad to see you. That was quite a reception you got, wasn't it? Yeah, but there's one man in the second row who wasn't applauding. Where? Right over there. Well, oh, no wonder, Mary. The poor fellow has one arm in a sling. Well, it wouldn't hurt him to slap his face for a friend. That's right. Well, Mary, we sure missed you last week, didn't we, Don? Well, I'll say we did. Oh, hello, Don. I didn't see you. How are you, Mary? Gee, you've changed. Look, Jack, he's lost his double chin. Quiet. It's in his collar. <laughs> say, Mary, you've been in New York all alone for a week. What have you been doing? Plenty, and I wasn't alone. Oh. <laughs> Uh, you remember the fellow I wrote you about that I met on the train? Oh, you mean that salesman? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, wait a minute. You told me in your letter he got off at Cleveland. Uh, just to mail that letter. He got right on again. Oh. <laughs> so he's the guy that's been taking you out. Huh? Yeah. <clears throat> I saw all the good shows. And, oh, Jack, there's one show that you shouldn't miss. Really? It's called, uh... Gee, I can't think of the name of it. Was it, uh, Stage Door? No. Uh, Red Hot and Blue? No, that's funny. funny. I saw the name stamp right on the towel in my hotel. The name stamped on the towel in your hotel? I got it. You can't take it with you. <laughs> oh, sure. There's nothing like drying yourself with a good show. <laughs> Say, Jack. Yeah? Where's Phil Harris? Phil Harris, darn it. I left him in Hollywood. I forgot my pajamas, too. Oh, Jack, uh, Phil asked me to tell you that he'll join us just as soon as he's through making that picture. Oh, yes. Uh, Don, come here a minute, will you? Uh, this Abe Lyman that's, uh, who's leading the orchestra, what kind of a guy is he? Personally, I mean. Well, Jack, he's really an awfully nice fellow. You, you like him, I'm sure. Abe, uh, you know Jack Benny, don't you? Sure. How are you, Jack? Fine, Abe. Uh, funny, you, uh, you and I have never worked together before, have we? No, and I'm very happy to have this opportunity. Well, thanks. Seems to be quite a regular fellow, Don. Uh, now, Abe, uh, this being your first appearance with me, I'd like to start you off on the right foot. Uh, you don't mind, do you? Hmm. Well, I just wanted understood that I'm head man here, and whatever I say goes. Do you understand? Hmm. And, uh... <laughs> Furthermore, I want this settled right now so we won't have any trouble in the future. Is that clear? Are you through? Yes. Now, let me tell you something. You might be Buck Benny, but don't try to ride me. <laughs> oh, uh... Thank you. Well, you got it right, this show, anyway. Oh, a fresh guy, huh? Better look out, Jack. Why? I saw him direct the opening number with a blackjack. Oh, <laughs> Well, don't worry, Mary. I'm a pretty tough guy myself. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I can handle you and Fred Allen. Well, no wonder. We're both anemic. <laughs> Say, Don, come here a minute. I thought you told me Lyman was a nice guy. Well, he, he is, Jack, but this is his first time working with you, and naturally he's just a little nervous and excited. You can't blame him. Oh, is that it? Well, I guess maybe I was a little hasty and inconsiderate. After all, I can appreciate his state of mind. Uh, tell him to play, Don. Play, Mr. Lyman. These orchestra leaders are so sensitive. Mm-hmm. 
on Park Avenue from On the Avenue, played by the orchestra and directed by Abe Lyman, the Phil Harris of the East. And very good, Abe. Thanks. Oh, by the way, Abe, you don't mind if I describe you to our radio audience, do you? After all, a little word picture wouldn't be amiss. No, go right ahead, but just be careful what you say, that's all. Now, wait a minute. Let's not start that all over again. This is my program, and I'll say anything I want to. Don't sound awfully funny with my fist in your mouth. (laughs) Are you going to stand for that, Jack? I ain't sitting down, honey. You will in a minute, Toots. Why don't you let me describe him, Jack? All right, Mary. I'm a fine boss. I wish Vaudeville would come back. (laughs) Go ahead. Well, in describing Abe Lyman, I would say that he's good-looking, rather tall, dark, and extremely romantic. Now, how do you know he's romantic? I haven't been to New York a week for nothing. Hi, Abe. Hi, Abe. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, Mary. I thought you told me you went out with a salesman. That's Abe, all right. Oh, I see. I see. Speaking of Mr. Lyman, let me tell you about Jell-O. It tastes twice as good as ever before and has those six delicious flavors, strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and Lyman. If Phil was here and you had to say Orange, Lemon, and Harris, that wouldn't fit, you know. Hello, Jack and Mary. How are you, darling? Oh, hello, Kenny. Kenny. How are you, Kenny? Kenny, we're all glad to see you. How do you like being back in New York? Great. I'm having a swell time. That's good. I've seen a lot of places I missed last year. I went to Central Park, the Bronx Zoo, and the Aquarium. And... The Aquarium, eh? I bet you like that. No, nah, there's nothing but fish. Well, that's the trouble with those places, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're having such a good time, Kenny. Uh, did you go to Radio City? No, New York is good enough for me. That's right, that's right. There's no use... No use jacking all over the country. I don't blame you. Say, Jack, last night I went to Madison Square Garden to see the races. Oh, the races. Uh, did you like it? Yeah, but the joggies went around so fast the horses looked like bicycles. Well, they were bicycles. Isn't that awful, Mary? I'm saving my answer for our last program. This may be it. You can't tell. Well, Kenny, what are you going to sing on your uh, first broadcast from New York? I'm going to sing When the Poppies Bloom Again. Well, I'm sure we'll like that. Oh, by the way, I want you to meet Abe Lyman, our temporary maestro. Uh, But watch out, Kenny. He's a little nervous tonight. You know, be careful. Say, Abe, uh, uh, this is Kenny Baker, our tenor. Hello, Kenny. Hello. Say, Mr. Lyman, when you play my number, just do it the way it's written, will you? Kenny. Kenny. It's my own arrangement, and I don't like it played any other way. Uh, do you get me? Kenny, be careful. Look who's bawling me out. Listen, Lyman, what Jack says goes double for me. boy, Kenny. I'm right with you. You stay out of this, Jack, unless you want your ears pleated. <laughs> Can this be... Can this be the man who plays those dreamy waltzes on the radio? Go ahead and sing, Kenny. Uh, your ears wouldn't look good, pleated Jack. I don't think so. Love undying still 
keeps me sighing My heart is crying For you on the show. I may not stop it myself, Kenny, but I'll slow it up a whole lot. <laughs> that was Kenny Baker singing When the Poppies Bloom Again, accompanied by the Gas House Gang. <laughs> that was beautiful, Kenny. You were so at ease. Sure, I'm not afraid of Lyman. Well, I'm not either, but I don't want any rough house at the Waldorf. With you on the bottom. Now, listen. <laughs> this is our first program in New York, and I'm just trying to keep things orderly, that's all. Outside of that, I'm not afraid of anyone. You're not, eh? No. And you've either got a loud cheaper. You got a what? Oh, take that joke again. Come here, that's a good joke. Let's take, let's take the joke. Outside of that, I'm not afraid of anyone. Go ahead. You're not, eh? No. And you've either got a loud heart or a cheap watch. That's it. That's the one. See? I didn't want you to miss that. That was funny. Say, Don. Don, uh, speaking of hearts, what time is it? I mean, speaking of watches. Uh, oh, about, about 8.45. It is. I wish he'd get here. Who? Well, listen, Don. When I played the B last Sunday night, I didn't completely vindicate myself. There's one small point yet to be settled. Uh, what is that, Jack? Well, I asked Stuart Cannon, that little boy who originally played the B and caused all my trouble with Alan, to come up here tonight, and I'm going to find out if he's really 10 years old. Or find out how to play the B, too. I played it all right. But I have my doubts about Alan's statement. If that child is over 10, and I think he is, then Mr. Allen has deceived his listeners, thereby misinforming over 400 people around the country. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to find out the truth. Hey, maybe that's him. Huh? Come in. Hello. Hey, hey, fellas, look. Look who's here. Hello, friends. Well, welcome. Cleverman, 
I'm sure glad to see you. Well, the feeling is neutral. Thank you. Jack, so soon when I found out you was in New York, I rushed right down from Boston to see you. From Boston, eh? Well, that was nice of you, Slap. I am I out of breath. I should have taken the train. Well, 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 I'm glad you dropped in. Oh, Slap, you remember Kenny Baker and Don Wilson, don't you? Quite certainly. Hello, Kenny boy. Hello, Slappy. Oh, how are you, Slappy? It's nice to see you. Well, Donny boy, are you still making it to Zello? Oh, sure. And Slap. <laughs> Slap, here's Mary. My goodness, Mary, you're a sight for chopped ice. <laughs> you know, I've asked you for a little kiss, but my wife is listening in. Ah, uh, come on, maybe it'll sound like that. Hey, Slap! Uh, leave me alone, I'm delirious. How was it, Mary? I don't know, it was standing on my feet. Oh. Slap, uh, tell me something about yourself. What are you doing these days? Well, Jack, I'm in the hotel business. The hotel business? Yes. I didn't know that. Uh, what's the name of your hotel? Waterman's Little Gypsy Serum. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Jack, is a special attraction. My wife tells fortune. Section, my wife tells fortune. Section, my wife tells fortune. Oh, uh, can she read tea leaves? Yes, because they're not in English. <laughs> well, tell me, Slap, how big a hotel have you? 25 rooms, and so clean you can eat in them. Oh. How about sleeping in them? That I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> 25 rooms, eh? Have you, have you got an elevator? I had one, but it got stuck, so I made another room out of it. <laughs> well, that was pleasant. Say, Jack, why don't you and Mary come over tonight? We got dancing, some music. Oh, an orchestra, too, eh? Who's playing there? Fred Herring and his Oriental Canadians. <laughs> my, my, what musicians strictly sing time, boys. Say, that, that uh, reminds me, Slap, uh, do you throw Abe Lyman? Do I know Abe Lyman? Hello, Abe, boy. Hello, Slap. Is my food ready? Hey, it's quiet. You'll have it tomorrow. Puppy Kibble. Oh, a tailor, too, huh? Say, Slap, you certainly branched out since I last saw you. Hotel, tea room, tailor. You're certainly in a lot of businesses. Hold on to your watch, Jack. You might have a pawn shop. A pawn shop? Huh? What do you think hangs from my sign? Three oranges? <laughs> Well, you certainly don't believe in putting all your eggs in one business, do you? Well, Jack, it's certainly was a pleasure to see you. Thanks, Slap. Come up and see us again, won't you? Bye, certainly. Tell well, goodbye, everybody. I got work to do around here. Work to do? You mean you work here at the Waldorf Astoria, too? Sure, I'm the house detective, so take it easy. Goodbye. <laughs> Sure good to see old Schlepperman again. He's certainly in a lot of businesses, isn't he, Mary? I bet he's in two more by now. I'll take that bet. I'm also a bookmaker. <laughs> what a guy. Hey, Don, uh, did that uh, little boy come in yet? No, not yet, Jack. Oh, well, play something, Abe. If Schlepperman is in your band, I'll die. Gee, I wish that kid would get here. <laughs>
popular tune played from the bandwagon, played by Abe Lyman and his ex-Californians. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we, um... Oh, Don, uh, did that little boy get here yet? Well, uh, not yet, but, uh, Jack, did you hear that five-year-old girl play the bee on the piano last Wednesday night? You mean on Alan's program? Yes. Well, let me tell you something, Don. That girl might be five, but I could swear I heard that piano playing after she walked away from it. See, the way Alan has been dragging those kids up to his program is disgraceful. I think. First, uh, a ten-year-old boy plays the bee on a violin, then a five-year-old girl plays it on a piano. I suppose next week we'll hear it played on a raffle. But, Jack, uh, I thought it was funny when Alan said you were so out of wind you couldn't even blow out a match. Well, he has me there. I'll admit that I don't compare with Mr. Allen when it comes to blowing. <laughs> I stayed away all night thinking of that gag. You could have gone to sleep and snored a better one. Yeah. Well, anyway, tonight I'll find out the correct age of that alleged ten-year-old boy. Say, I, I hope that's him now. Come in. Is Mr. Benny here? Yes, come in. Are you Stuart Cannon, the little boy that played the bee? Yes, sir. I'm awfully glad you came up tonight, Stuart. What did you want to see me about, Mr. Benny? Well, it's a, uh... It's, it's about the violin. I don't give lessons. <laughs> no, 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 Stuart. Look, no, Stuart. I merely... I merely sent for you to ask a few questions. Now, there's nothing to be afraid of. Just answer correctly and regard me as your friend. I'm scared. Scared, Stuart? Why? Mr. Allen said you were the boogeyman. Now, Stuart, that's silly. That's silly. Do I do I look like the boogeyman? Yeah. <laughs> now, now listen to me, Stuart. I'm here to prove something tonight. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and I want the truth. Do you know what happens to little boys who tell lies? No. Well, you want to go to heaven, don't you? Not yet. Mm. <laughs> now listen to me, Stuart. I listened to you last Sunday, and I didn't like it. Oh, yeah? I'm going home. Grab him, fella. Don't let him get away. Oh, we got him, Jack. He looks suspicious to me. Search him, boys. Look, Jack, he's got marbles and a cross and some fish hooks. And here's a slingshot. A slingshot, eh? Disarm him, men. <laughs> now, now listen here, Stuart. Gee, you're silly. <laughs> now, that's not the point. I don't want to get tough unless I have to. And then I won't be with Abe Lyman. Quiet. Stuart, truthfully, how old are you? Ten years old. I mean your exact age. Ten years old. Ten years old, eh? Where were you on the night of January 7th, 1927? Home. Home, eh? And what were you doing home? I don't remember. You don't remember? You've been very well coached, Mr. Cannon. <laughs> When was your birthday? I don't remember. Yeah, don't remember. You don't remember your birthday, and yet you're positive you're ten years old. Bah! Now, young man. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Mary? I don't remember. Now, Stuart, how old were you when you first took violin lessons? 
Wouldn't you like to know? That's a lie. <laughs> Take them, Don. I don't seem to be getting anywhere. All right, Jack. Now, Stuart, uh, how old were you when you first started eating Jell-O? Two years. And how many delicious flavors has Jell-O? Six. And how much better is it than ever before? Twice as good. <laughs> There, you see, Jack, there's nothing wrong with this boy. You take him. <laughs> now, listen, Stuart. On the night of December 30th, 1936, you came into Fred Allen's program Play the Bee, didn't you? Yes, sir. And on the night of February 3rd, 1937, at the insistence of the same Mr. Allen, you repeated that performance. Yes, sir. Now, Mr. Allen claims that you're only 10 years old. But I am only 10 years old. Yet you testified not less than three minutes ago that on January 7, 1927, you were home. Yes, sir. Yet you don't remember what you were doing. So what? <laughs> then what's the first thing you do remember? The stock market crash. I lost my shirt. Oh, you lost your shirt, eh? Yes, you know what that means to a baby. Yeah, quiet. <laughs> Now, listen to me, Stuart. You'll remember what happened on January 7th, 1927. You'll remember what happened in 1929. You'll remember what happened on the nights of December 30th and February 3rd on Mr. Allen's program. And yet you don't remember your age. You're older than 10, Cannon. Now, come on. Come clean. All right, check this face. I'll tell. <laughs> That's better. How old are you, Stuart Cannon? Ten years and four months. Eh. Yeah. I thought so. Well, that not only exposes Fred Allen, but proves that this boy had four extra months to practice the bee. <laughs> you're excused, Mr. Cannon. I rest my case. Pop, Pop, you're intimidating the business. Cleverman, what are you butting in for? I'm also a lawyer. Hmm, play line. Spring can't be very far off now, but whether the winds of March blow hot or cold, here's a way to add a bright springtime touch to your menus. Serve this new Jell-O dessert soon. It's called Fern Perfection, and it's delicious to taste, lovely to look at, and mighty easy to make. Just dissolve one package of strawberry Jell-O in one pint of hot water. Chill until slightly thickened, then fold in one cup of finely cut up cooked prunes. Mold and serve plain or with whipped cream. You'll enjoy this clever combination of flavors, the richness of the prunes pepped up with Jell-O's fresh strawberry flavor. All of Jell-O's six delicious flavors come from fresh ripe fruit skillfully blended. So why not put Jell-O on your shopping list for tomorrow and serve prune perfection for dessert tomorrow night? But be sure you get genuine Jell-O with that extra rich fruit flavor. Look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O. The last number of the 23rd program in the new Jell-O series, and we'll be with you again next Sunday at the same time. I want to tell you how glad I was to see Slepperman again, and I'd like you to meet him in person, Mr. Sam Hearn. Thank you, Jack. And little Stuart Cannon, who played the bee, which kept us going for weeks. Thank you. <laughs> Isn't he cute, Mary? Yeah. Yeah, I wish he was a couple of months older. Hmm. Good night, folks.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.